What is your why? Do you want dynamic growth? Do you feel stuck? It's time to fix your why. Hi, I'm Billy Ryan, and this is the Fix Your Why podcast. Today, my guest is Terry Denai, speaker, soon to be author, a doctorate and master's in nursing, and the founder of Avexius Health Solutions. Yeah. It's great to have you here today. Thanks. It's great to be here. So, fix your why. Um, you may not have a why that's broken. I think it. Let's start with just a summary of your business. I, it, I mm -hmm. find it fascinating, the world you're in. Yeah. Um, well, there's two parts to what I do. Um, I am a nurse practitioner and I have my doctorate and I have two clinics in the DFW uh, area. We serve several thousand patients. Um, and our primary cornerstone of what we do is um, hormone optimization with primarily bioidentical hormone pellets, but we do other things as well. And then we have other aspects of that um, clinic that focuses on repair, regeneration with peptides and some other things. Um, and so we um, really focus on that with our patients in wellness and disease prevention and getting to the root cause of issues. Um, big passion of ours is really um, identifying areas, um, maybe medications that patients have been on chronically that are causing other side effects that are preventing them to get to their why. <laughs> um, but um, that's one part. And the other aspect of what we do is um, we have a uh, training and marketing company for physicians and other practitioners across the country where we train them in what we do and what we've seen work so beautifully in our patients and our clinics. That's great. Thank you. Uh, the fix your why I, I really focus in the book about integrating your business life with your personal mm. life. And obviously health and fitness is a big issue for everybody. Mm -hmm. And as we talked, one of my challenges, uh, because it's important to me, is reading through the noise that's mm. out there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love the fact that you're present, you're bringing something to the market that is teaching people to be less dependent mm -hmm. on meds, mm -hmm. medicine, uh, which again, I'm a huge fan of that. But it's so difficult to know whether what you're reading is is really something that you mm -hmm. should be following. You know, So what would you recommend to people who have a similar challenge? Wow, uh, well, it's a big answer. And um, you know, the first thing to really just remember is our bodies are really designed so perfectly to work mm -hmm. perfectly um, for a long, long time. And there's things that we do to our bodies and things that happen to us that can impact and change the trajectory and, and cause disease. That could be physical stress, emotional stress, mental you know, stress, which we all have. Um, but it can also be just lifestyle choices and lifestyle um, choices like, you know, exercise, food, you know, what we put in our bodies, on our bodies. So one of the big things to understand is um, the even the word disease, when you break it down, means dis-ease. Your body yes. is ill at ease, right? And it's not a normal mm. state of being. And I think it's a mindset shift, number one, that people have to do is go, you know what? Being sick all the time and being on medications for something that has a root cause isn't normal. 
And I think that's a paradigm shift in the way we think in this country about health. Um, I think I shared with you earlier, we're, we're really a reactive sick care system and not really a health care system. So mm. it's really challenging to get through the noise because so much of what we find online, I, I call it Dr. Google, you know, patients a lot of times <laughs> will consult Dr. Google before uh, they consult us. Dr. And Google knows Dr. everything. Dave, well, if it's on the internet, it must be true. <laughs> um, but remembering, you know, there's a lot of bias out there. And so just paying attention to what you're reading and who wrote it, what's the intention? Is there a is there a bias around the information because there's a product or something that tr they're trying to steer you to? And then again, um, also understanding that um, there's a lot of misinformation mm -hmm. out there regarding um, health and wellness and disease. And a lot of it has to do with, again, some of the bias from pharmaceutical industry. There's so many, so many answers to that question, but how do you get through the noise? The first thing is to recognize that disease is not a normal state and it can be reversed actually in most cases um, and that a lot of what you're reading you're really going to have to sift through the noise and pay attention to your gut i think we all we forget that our intuition is really powerful especially when it comes to our health and talking to people and if it feels right and i think so many people have given up that power and just want the almighty doctor to give them the answers and tell them which way to go and and just personal responsibility so i gave no, you a map i gave you a lot of answers no there. it's good and and i think it's it's interesting um years ago we did think a doctor knew all right mm -hmm. and we didn't think too much about the choice of who our doctor was we just sure. you know our parents would take us to yeah. the doctor my parents uh i lost both my parents this year but uh we we would often say medicine is more art than science absolutely and it shouldn't be right i mean you think science you know you go to the doctor they they know mm -hmm. uh, they know what to prescribe so i, I really a two-part question for you mm. on the education piece somewhere along your training and development you chose mm. the path less traveled mm -hmm. and and now you're out there educating doctors and clinicians who may not share your vision for alternative, I don't want to call it alternative medicine, but an alternative treatment plan, let's mm -hmm. say, R rather than be dependent on drugs, mm -hmm. I want to get, I want to take my disease and I want to become healthier. Right. Um, so one, how did you pick the path? Mm -hmm. And is it challenging to educate? Mm your audience? Uh, why did I pick the path? Um, so I was an emergency room practitioner part-time mm. and I was a hospitalist part-time. And um, in the emergency room, so much fun. You've, you've just can stabilize somebody, get them fixed and get them on up to the floor, right? Um, so they can be taken care of. So there's a lot of um, benefit. There was a lot of I th satisfaction, I think, in that. Um, but I found myself really disenchanted when I was rounding on patients in the hospital um, as a hospitalist. And I just felt like all I was doing was prescribing the same meds, sending them home with the same, the same, the same, the same cookie cutter. And it just didn't feel right. When I was talking about that intuition mm. earlier, I just was like, I'm not helping my patients at all. I'm just part of the system. 
And um, I decided there had to be a better way. And so I just started going out and seeking education in different areas of integrated health, functional medicine. We're really more of an integrated mindset because, you know, don't get me wrong that there is a place for medication. Sure. Um, I just fundamentally believe that we place too much uh, power in um, chronic medications. You know, um, you know, just take the statin industry. It's it's the it's the most profitable drug in the history of medicines. Well, why not change lifestyle? Why not really look at, is cholesterol a bad thing? You know, there's just so many things to that conversation. Um, so the shift came because I didn't feel like I was doing good for my patients. I felt like there could be something better. I felt like I was missing a key piece of, how did you get here in the first place? Why are you here with your third heart attack or, you know, your, <laughs> your third, um, you know, Hello. Uh, bout with, you know, uncontrolled diabetes and things like that. These are all preventable diseases. Um, so that's, that's kind of the why. And then you had another part to that question. Yeah. When, uh, on the education side, right. when you're, ah. you're, again, I don't want to use the word preaching, but yeah. you're out educating doctors and clinicians who may like you be feeling uh, a little dis-ease with Correct. the the treatment plans that they've followed, or mm -hmm. maybe historically, mm -hmm. uh, medicine has followed. So they're they're great to have, right? They want to find right. something new, um, but maybe there are others that, you know, think, hey, this just is the latest fad, and right. I want to be a part of it, but right. they really don't get it. Yeah, I used to spend a lot of time and energy trying to get people to understand <laughs> um, and get over their confirmation bias. And it's really challenging. Confirmation bias is really powerful. Um, when you've learned it one way, it's just the way. Um, but the practitioners, the doctors and nurse practitioners that are attracted to our model are uh, very similar in that they just, they feel like, God, there's got to be a better way. You know, I, I'm seeing 60 people a day and I have patients lined up every 10 minutes. And the art, you said the art of medicine previously. I had the just the benefit of working with two incredible doctors when I was in my 20s. And I was a receptionist and then I moved on to be a medical assistant in that office. And they did things with their patients I haven't seen since. And it's radical stuff like talking to the patient, <laughs> listening to the patient, touching. That's the art of medicine. Yeah. There's only so much that you can get from a lab report or some sort of radiologic report, right? Mm. That's just very objective information, but you have to listen to the subjective. You have to listen to the things that they're not telling you and dig in a little bit more. And um, because of our current healthcare model and doctors having to see 50, 60 people a day to meet their overhead and even make a living, um, it's just not conducive to that. So the model that we teach our providers helps them transition out of that um, insurance-based rat race model yeah. um, and into a model that is that they can do what they were trained to do and that is really care for their patients and a lot of practitioners integrate what we teach um, part-time initially maybe do it one or two days a week and then continue their other model until it starts to flip um, but it is very challenging to get um, many practitioners just in the general uh, 
public to get over their confirmation bias, but the way we do it is with clinical evidence mm. and studies. We're not just teaching and talking about things that we think are great because they feel good. Yeah. There's a lot of really good clinical data to back up what we do. So when I do trainings and teachings, I spend, and another, a couple of other doctors that teach with me, we spend the first day really unraveling confirmation bias so they can be present to learn mm. what we're teaching. And so that's really the first thing we have to do. And, and doctors and clinicians are used to seeing evidence and data and you, you can't argue with studies, right. good, solid clinical sound studies. And so we start there now patients, they're very easy to flip because they've always felt that what the treatment hasn't been right. I think that is just very common thing when patients come to our office is like, I've been to seven different doctors and I've, you know, you're the first person that's ever figured it out or listened or they leave with hope because somebody has given them some answers to their depression, their whatever they've been dealing with that they haven't been able to get through and fix with uh, conventional medicine. That's great. I, I really love what you did kind of shifting that sense of art in, mm -hmm. in the practice. And, and really it's about making a connection. That's right. With your patient. Yep. Um, we're definitely going to have to schedule <laughs> a, another time to, to talk because I'm sure we're going to have some great yeah. response from the messages that you've shared. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. taking the time Thank today you. and look forward to speaking again. Awesome. All right. Appreciate Karen. it. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for joining us today on the Fix Your Why podcast. As I said, I think there's going to be a lot of response from today's episode. Thank you for joining. Have a great day.